that's it's like it's the dumbest thing, really. That like the week leading up to a kid's birthday, it's like they become the most obnoxious little things on the planet. And it's funny because you know, <laughs> you, you have all the presents ready to go, and you're like, man, we're gonna have the, like the greatest. He's gonna have the greatest birthday, or she's gonna have the greatest birthday, and then. And then like, I don't know if that birthday's on a weekend by Tuesday of that previous week, they've messed up so many times. And the only thing, like you, you're, you're desperately trying not to cancel the birthday, you know, just oh, to like, be like the top uh, parent. Like they've, like you're trying to punish them because they've behaved badly. Right, like, you know, like being disrespectful or, you know, punching their little brother in the head or whatever it is. Uh-huh, uh-huh, you know. And I don't know if it's just that they're excited or they're like, they know their birthday's coming up and it's like, you know, my parents can't really do anything. Cause what I mean, they'd be the worst parents in the world ever if they took away my birthday. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know why. What do you have to do to get your birthday taken away? I don't know. I mean. Like, what do you, what has to happen to get I'm your I'm just saying, you, you only have so many, so many arrows at your disposal. It's like the old days where you could like just spank your kids. I mean, I guess you could. But I, I just say, like, you know. Maybe I mean, some people do. But if you if you don't spank your kids, you can't very well threaten a spanking. It doesn't go anywhere. That's true. They they know you're just bluffing. So, I mean, like, you run out of stuff to take away. It's like, no more devices for you. I don't know. No more video games. And then you're like, well, crap, we're out of stuff. Now. You take away now. Also, like, if you take away their devices and then you take away their video games, what, what are they going to do? They're going to bother you. Right. They're going to be all up in your business. And I'm already expecting that on the birthday, not the week leading up to. I need okay. I need space. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is. Man, there's, yeah, but on the on the bright side, I think even, you know, you just, it's, it's the week before the birthday, maybe the week before Christmas too, but you usually have the Santa threat there. But like the, the week well, that's what the, the birthday, elf on the shelf is for, right? The elf on the shelf. What's the birthday version of the elf on the shelf? I'm not adult enough to have that elf on the shelf thing in my house. So like, we just don't do that. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure you've seen all the stuff on social media you can do with that elf. And I think by now you know me well enough to know that I could put most of those things to shame in really disturbing way. So like, we just don't do it. Right. That elf on the shelf would be... Uh, disgracing you and your parents and your kids. It would be the stuff of legend, though. <laughs> You're listening to No Good Parents. I'm Ariel. And I'm Brian. Do not mistake this podcast for anything remotely helpful or educational. The world of No Good Parents is based in a reality that doesn't really exist. In the world of No Good Parents, there are no rules and there's no such thing as child abuse. Yeah, if you want, like, genuine expert advice on parenting, there are plenty of podcasts out there that will, like, you know, cater to that, but this is not that podcast. So today we're talking about the most important holiday of the whole year. Which one is that, Ariel? It's your kid's birthday, obviously. <laughs> no one gets to be as excited about birthdays as kids do. I know, like, as we get older, it's just kind of like a oh, another year. Again? That happened. <laughs> <laughs> and as a parent, it's uh, it's also kind of a lot of pressure to make sure that they have a good one. So let's get into some birthday scenarios. All right. So let's start with the first one. Uh, your baby is about to celebrate his first birthday. Your family, especially your parents, want to throw a big party for him, but you just aren't sure that's really what you want to do. So in that scenario, what do you do? 
So I think that, um, a baby's first birthday, he's like, your baby's not going to remember the first birthday party. So Mm. it's really more for you and for your family and your friends. So what I would do if my, if my parents really wanted to throw a party is I would make it, I would make it a me party, like a, uh, maybe like, like a post push party. (laughs) No, more just like a theme that I want with maybe some like mandatory costumes that everyone has to show up in something that would be fun for me. (laughs) (laughs) And so my parents are going to plan my theme party with my help, my guidance, and I'm going to let them pay for it too, since they're so excited about it. Well, that's a smart move for (laughs) sure. Letting the parents pay. And, And I typically would agree with you. Um, on, on this point, right? Because I've said it before, no baby remembers the first anything in their first year. It just doesn't happen. So, I mean, generally speaking, there's nothing wrong with not wanting to have a big party or even a party at all. You don't even, truthfully, you don't even have to like acknowledge the day because the baby's not going to, this, that won't be the thing the baby seeks therapy for once they're an adult because they won't remember, right? Unless, of course, your parents are the ones who want you to have it. So like in that case, it really doesn't matter what you want doesn't matter how overwhelmed you might feel. Your parents did a ton of stuff for you uh, that they didn't want to have to do. And now you were obligated to return that favor. So like, even if you're completely overwhelmed, it doesn't matter. Uh, Just, you know, suck it up, buttercup. Uh, You're not the center of the universe. Also, um, but you can be the center of the universe if it's a party for you. But you're like, seriously, your parents don't want to throw you a party. They want to throw it for the grandkids. You know, that's true. And however, I'm not a great believer in karma. I do think how you treat your parents is how your kids are going to treat you as you age. So I think realistically, you got to do it. You just, it's, it, it can't make it all about you. you got to do it for the parents. <laughs> your parents matters. Uh, okay. I mean, you, you're saying you have to do it for them, but what are, if they're the ones who want it, shouldn't they be the ones doing it? Well, I mean, listen, if you can, if you can get them to pay for it, great. But and plan it and like host it. No, because yeah, because there's gonna be like people that come over and they're like, oh, they're gonna host they're gonna host my friends at my baby's party. Yeah, but then but then everybody, every one of your friends is gonna truly know the kind of parent you are, and you don't ever want that. (laughs) I'm an open book, Brian. You can't throw a party for you. Whatever. (laughs) Your middle schooler has suddenly decided that birthdays aren't cool and she doesn't want to do anything for her birthday. Up until now, she's been a birthday princess every year and has wanted the world to revolve around her for at least the week surrounding her birthday. What do you do? Nothing. Nothing? You don't do a thing. No, this is progress. Emotional growth, if you will. Yeah, I see adults acting this way, like grown people trying to burden their friends, coworkers, random acquaintances with their birthday. Like Felicia in accounting, she doesn't really care that you want to celebrate your birthday for the whole week. She works with you. She just has to get through the workday with you. She's not <laughs> celebrating the whole week 
with you. She doesn't care. Neither do Alicia I. Alicia from accounting wants to take a picture with me in my birthday tiara. Does not. I promise. I, it's just not the case. And and I think as far as this girl is concerned, part of growing up means not being silly about birthdays anymore. And more importantly, realizing that you are not the center of the universe and shouldn't be considered as such just because you happen to be born on this day. And when you think about it, all the hard work throughout any child's life has been done by that child's parents. Frankly, frankly, any kid's birthday should be in celebration of the parents anyway. <laughs> but you think that this like sudden, like dramatic shift isn't a cause for concern? You think it's a... No, listen, growth feels weird. That's mm-hmm. all like things change. And when it's different, it no, feels no, no, no. really that, weird. This is different than like the growth on your toe. Like... <laughs> No, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying it only feels weird because Princess this year decided not to be a princess anymore. She wants to be a grown woman, and I, I commend her for that. See, I disagree. I think that there's definitely something wrong with her if she's have if she's having this dramatic shift in attitude. And I think allegedly, I think that uh, something's going on, and I think that maybe one of her chakras is blocked. I think that probably uh um, you go to a doctor for that? Yeah, you can go to, you you I'm gonna get to that. There's a special oh, kind of doctor. Um so uh I think the solar plexus chakra is most likely the culprit here, and that is located in the stomach, and it's uh it's called the manipura. Hmm. And it's specifically responsible for your confidence and your self-esteem. And I think it's, it's like, it, it makes sense that this would happen as she's going like into her, like this, how old she's a middle schooler. So she's like going into her teens and she's having this sudden drop in self-esteem and confidence because that's when sort of the age when you start to become self-conscious. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, my guess her solar plexus chakra is blocked and you have to take her to a Reiki practitioner to have some energy healing Oh, because this is just not, this is just not okay. Like we want her back to her bubbly birthday princess self. Is that, is it an expensive procedure to have the, the chakra unblocked by the Reiki doctor? What is money, Brian, when it is comes there, to it, your child's health? Like, I mean, is there, like, does the child need to be anesthetized? What happens? Um, You know, they just, uh, they read your auras and they heal, try to heal your energies. I don't know. But like rocks and, and burning plants? I think it often involves some crystal work. Oh, okay. Mm. I mean, why not, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're, uh, in this scenario, your preschooler wants multiple birthday cakes, partially because she loves her birthday and partially because she can't decide on one type of cake. Now, obviously, this seems a bit excessive. So what do you do? So um, it sounds like she's having some FOMO, some decision fatigue, and that is common for people of all ages. And what really helps... Uh, with adults and children when you're trying to deal with decision fatigue is practicing meditation. So sort of clearing the mind a little of all of these options 
that are going around, like swirling around in her head. She's got, she's got marble cake. She's got red velvet. She's got all of the cakes just floating around in there. We just need to clear the mind of that through meditation. And then, uh, she'll, she'll find clarity and she'll be able to sort of zone in on her preferred cake. And Hmm. now remember you get a birthday every year. So this year it might be vanilla cake next year. It might be chocolate. Who knows? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I'm obviously not a great believer in meditation as, as, as being useful for anything, but it is odd to me that, that you would apply it to, to a cake design. Like, I, I mean, I understand if it was like, you know, should I take this job offer? But for a cake, it seems it seems as excessive as wanting multiple birthday cakes. But ultimately, no child should have this much power in the dynamic. I think we touched on this like last week. Um, this kid is completely holding up the parents and planning this birthday, which they probably don't want to do anyway. And this whole thing is unacceptable. I think, again, that I mentioned in the last episode, I just can't. I can't stand indecisive adults. So I, I think it's really important to nip this behavior in the bud. Now, you know, this child is spoiled rotten and should obviously only receive one cake. And I think that's being very generous at this point, right? <laughs> I would take away your choice on the cake. That's how I'd handle this. I'd probably try to, to you know, prove a you point here. Choose for her? What if yeah. you choose for her? What if you choose some? Well, I would purposely choose something that she wasn't crazy about. Like she'd <laughs> like it, but it wouldn't be her favorite because- Again, you got to take the control back. And if she freaks out about it, I just cancel the whole birthday. Honestly, Brian, based on what you said before, if it's all about the parents on a kid's birthday, shouldn't you pick your favorite cake? Yeah, I mean, that's that's great. Like, I mean, whatever. The point is she shouldn't be picking and it shouldn't be her favorite. Like, so if if your favorite is red velvet and her favorite is red velvet, you got to take sort of the L on the flavor of the cake so you can get the W on raising a kid. (laughs) I went sportsy there, but I I just, at this point, um, if if this were going to be a problem, I would just, instead of like giving the kid all the gifts, I would, I would donate all of the child's gifts to charity to underscore just how selfish this child is being. Cause I promise you, if you do that next year, this kid is not going to be so spoiled. Uh, and, and she'll be far more decisive. And I think that's a win. Okay. Well, then, (laughs) thank you for joining us on the No Good Parents podcast. We're going to get right back into more scenarios after this. Baby boy, it's time for your nap. You may not agree and feel that you have so much more exploring to do and games to play and snacks to demand this afternoon, but you are incorrect. Your cranky mood tells me that it is time for you to replenish your stores of energy through sleep. Shh, baby boy. Suckle your milk bottle as I rock you gently on my lap. You look drowsy as your eyelashes flutter softly against your cheeks. Shh, baby boy. This is a safe place to fall asleep. I promise you'll wake up feeling rejuvenated and ready to enjoy the rest of your evening. Shh, baby boy, and keep those eyes closed. 
No, you don't need to open them every few minutes to survey the room. You haven't moved at all. You can just leave them closed and let yourself fall asleep. I promise you won't be missing out on anything exciting happening without you. Boy, there's no need to squirm and writhe in my arms. I am much bigger and stronger than you, and you cannot escape the rocking chair during your nap time. Stop resisting and just let yourself sleep, baby boy. Shh, baby boy, that's it. Keep your eyes closed and let your breathing grow calm and steady. Shh, baby boy. No need to open your eyes. I'm just replacing the milk bottle with this pacifier. You can keep suckling to bring you peace, baby boy. Just please don't open your eyes. Shh. Baby boy, don't fret as I stand up slowly, still rocking you in my arms, and walk over to lay you down into your comfy, cozy crib. You like it here. It has your favorite blanket and extra pacifiers that are within arm's reach for you. Shh, baby boy. Please stay asleep as you roll over to sleep on your tummy. You remind me of a little roast chicken with your legs bent at the knees by your sides and your little hands tucked underneath you. Good job, baby boy. I'm placing my hand on your back for just a moment to make sure you're sleeping comfortably. Shh, baby boy. Don't wake up as I tiptoe across the carpet towards the door. Shh, baby boy. Stay asleep as I carefully leave the room and shut the door behind me. Welcome back to No Good Parents. This week, we're talking about the madness that is celebrating kids' birthdays. <laughs> okay. Your 10-year-old wants a cell phone for his birthday. What do you do? Um, I, so this this one's kind of near and dear to my heart. <laughs> How did I know? <laughs> um, so I, I, like, I'm just going to... Simple answer here is no. Okay? At least not the one they're thinking about. <laughs> now, my first thought here is that these phones cost about a thousand bucks, like at least. And that doesn't even include the price of adding it to your plan, right? So I don't know that I believe a 10 year old is responsible enough to carry something so valuable with them. So like, if you think about it, if you had a nickel for every time your child left or lost something they considered super important or even sacred, right? Like it, all the times they left into school, if you had a nickel for every time, you'd probably have a nice little cushion in your savings account. So. I understand that people are very interested in their kids having phones for safety issues. So I'll throw that out there. Get the the flip phone. Get yeah. The... Yeah. An old, very not cool flip phone or <laughs> something similar at a discount. I thought that they might be like coming back into style since we're like. Well, if that's the case, then you don't, you don't get them that one. Cause if you're going to get them that one, like the <laughs> one that came back in style, again, that's going to be a thousand bucks. And I just, I, for a 10 year old, a thousand bucks to be responsible for that piece of hardware, I just don't think makes a lot of sense. And, and uh, also uh, just so that the kids don't get too, you know, big for their britches. Now that they got the phone, you got to make sure to refer to that phone at all times as the leash. 
You don't want them feeling independent. You don't want them feeling free. They got to know that thing is like, it, it is a direct link for you to them. It's just further proof oh, that man. you own them. You are totally going to be one of those parents who gets mad at their kid for not texting back fast enough. See, it's weird when you started that sentence. I, I thought you were going to say you are brilliant, but you said other words. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying, <sighs> you know, uh, I just can't. I just can't. So I agree. No, but for different reasons weird um you know i think technology is just like the death of authentic interactions and relationships so i don't want my kid to experience that so young my kid to like be sort of filtering all of their interactions through texting and social media and i want them to be you know uh in person and like really engaged with their friends. Um, so no to the phone, but you know, we'll have to figure out some other system for them to have these relationships with their friends because it can't all be in the metaverse. It's just too creepy. Yeah. I mean, I, I, listen, I, that's something I tend to agree with you on. I mean, I, I wouldn't let my 10 year old on social media, and, you know, it's like even, even the video games that we have them playing, uh, you know, as I've told you on other episodes, you know, I let them play games that help them learn survival skills, like fighting zombies and stuff. <laughs> but in any of those cases, I, I don't let them do the chat, you know, with anybody else. There, there's no reason that anybody should be talking to my 10 year old. He's cool. He's just, he's not that cool. I'm just saying. Man, I remember back in the early internet days, and you go into like an AOL chat room and you have no idea who you're talking to. That was some dark times. Yeah. See, like it's <laughs> funny because I think, you know, you're, you're younger than I am. So I think you, your generation used it a lot differently than mine did. I remember I got the internet oh, I like, think for the first time. I was uh, that young. I was probably talking to men your age. <laughs> That's creepy. Cause no, seriously. I mean, I, I'll never forget. Like I got the internet. Like first time, and I was like, okay, now what? What do I do with it? I had no idea what the hell I was doing. And if I had known you could do that stuff, but it wouldn't have been with a 10-year-old like in your situation, which is <laughs> weird. I feel like you should be, you know, filling out a police report, but whatever. I mean, I should be in therapy. That's just facts. <laughs> I, I would have sworn that you are. <laughs> I, maybe one of those uh, Reiki doctors. Oh, that's a good idea. I should yeah. call mine up. have hot stones in your... Well, whatever, wherever they put those things. <laughs> you don't want to know. <laughs> no, I certainly don't. Um, so next scenario, your son wants to get a tattoo for his 18th birthday. He doesn't have a design picked out, but he thinks girls will think it's super cool and be more interested in him if he gets one. What do you do? Okay, so turning 18, you can't stop him from getting a tattoo that's just it's just gonna happen that's a law. i think it's it's kind of interesting that he has this idea that he wants to get a tattoo um but if he's going to put art on his body it has to be something that means something to him and obviously i you know can't control them 
But I think that what I would do is I would want to try and help him figure out what kind of meaningful art he wants to put on his body, most likely permanently. Um, so maybe we'll go uh, do some travel. We'll maybe go to Southeast Asia, see some, um, oh. yeah, see some indigenous artwork. Because it don't, you don't want so him to he end get, up. When he, when he comes back here to the States and he gets that t- tattoo that he thinks says strength and it actually says like ramen. No, we want, we want the opposite of that. We want him to actually have a connection to, to the. the so he's going to have to at least learn how to read Mandarin. Yeah. He's going to, or, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be words. I don't know what it's going to be. It's his choice, but he has to feel some sort of connection to it. You know, maybe he wants to get like some Viking symbol, like uh, the snake that's eating the earth. Like there's lots of cool stuff out there. And if there's some, some sort of imagery that really speaks to him, I think that's awesome. Hmm. It's interesting. I, um, I, I, I just, I feel like I have to say this, but if, if my answer is different because it's a boy in this scenario, <laughs> I know, I know. Cause you're I, I read, okay. Okay. I read and I know what that makes me. Yep. But since we're talking about my son, my 18 year old son, I want to first say that I think he's totally right. Tattoos are super cool. <laughs> I also want to say that tattoos may not get the girls, uh, but they can be interesting conversation starters and that helps you get the girls. All right. But also helpful to know what your tattoo is and what it means. If you're trying to use it as a conversation starter or just make it up like, <laughs> you know, young men typically do when they're talking to girls. So your son is only interested in dumb girls is what you're saying. <laughs> oh, what's the difference? I mean, who cares? I mean, that's obviously not why you date someone. I mean, duh. Um, so, I, I think my move here would be to go and get a tattoo with him. Okay. Now in this particular scenario, I'm getting matching tattoos. It doesn't have to be matching, but I've, okay. I've gotten, I've gotten tattoos before. So I've been around this block a couple of times and I just think it, it, it makes it possible. You get a bonding experience out of it. Uh, and, and it makes sure your child is going to go somewhere that's reputable. That uses proper sterilization techniques and, and, and kind of like what you were saying, prevents him from coming home with some stupid tattoo like a unicorn or something even dumber. Because, you know, when you go with your friends and it's like, dude, you should get a unicorn because they're really cool and they're really hip right now. I don't know if you've seen it, but like, you know, John, like John Smith, yeah, he got a unicorn tattoo and the girls love it. And then it's like my idiot son's going, I'm getting a unicorn tattoo and I'm going to be there like, no, you're not. I'm helping. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, I think it's a good opportunity to remind uh, your son that whatever choice, you know, he's making now will, will be the one that stays with him the rest of his life. Kind of like you were saying, and, and also like you were saying, I mean, at this point, what can you do? The kid's 18, the law says he could do whatever he wants. Um, so I think you have to at least help him make safe decisions and make sure he doesn't come home with a tat that he'll regret. And also that he goes to a place that dolphin tramp washes. What's that? You don't want him with a dolphin tramp stamp. No, but if it's a Miami Dolphins tattoo, that's really cool. But just not in the lower back area. Not in the lower back area. Got it. Ever. (laughs) But what if he has really nice back dimples? 
Well, then he wouldn't want to sully those with a tattoo, I imagine. I mean, what could be more beautiful than a Miami Dolphins tattoo? I agree. And I appreciate you acknowledging that. But I'm just saying, you know, you just don't want to put it there. Even if you're a woman, you don't want to put that there. It just suggests things to men. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, uh, my my favorite point of the podcast, uh, if only because of the music, um, it is no good news. If this is your first week with us on the podcast, uh, no good news is is a feature that we do uh, that is just parents in the news. Not good parents, not bad parents, just parents in the news because we do a parenting podcast. See how it works? Okay. So this, this uh, actually, Ariel found this story and it's fantastic. It's a really good one. Like you're going <laughs> to grit, you're going to grit your teeth. Uh, in this story, uh, there's this little girl. She's having a, a birthday party at Build-A-Bear Workshop. If you don't know what that is, they're pretty cool. Expensive, but cool. It's one of those places where you, Oh, they're so neat. Uh, you, like your kids can literally pick a bear, get it stuffed, and they can clothe it however they'd like. It's really neat. Um, and they're really good at upselling. Just warning. Um, they don't have that here, do they? They do, Maybe actually. They do? They do, in the mall. My my kids have plenty. Oh. Um, Interesting. And, and, I, and I didn't even know this was a thing, but I think it's a really cool birthday activity. Um, that you can you can have you do a whole thing where you know all the, party, the party attendants the and they party. all build bears. How cool! Love it. Uh, but the problem starts at the end of this party when all of the kids at the party had made and, and, and custom their bears, only to have the birthday girl's mom announce that all bears should now be given to the birthday girl. <laughs> and as you might imagine, the party goers are pretty disappointed to have to turn over their bears. Uh, parents, I would say, hit a level of anger, a lot of tears. Um, what do you think? Is it okay to do this to your party guests? Okay, so I think in this in this story specifically, it was it was a very mismanaged event. This party, they didn't do it through Build a Bears. It was like she just sort of ran, rounded up her kids' friends and took them to Build-A-Bear. It wasn't hosted by the Build-A-Bear location itself. So oh. she, did, she didn't do the party p- package through Build-A-Bear. Gotcha. Um, first mistake. Poor poor planning. Um, and then she basically pulls a bait and switch on them. She has them make their bears, and then she goes, okay, turn these bears into the birthday girl. She didn't say on the, on her party invitations that this is what they were doing. Like, by the way, don't bring a gift for the birthday girl. We're going to build a bears and you're going to make the birthday girl her gift. This, hmm. this could have, I mean, this could have been a thing that was executed better. Like it's a little bit weird of a concept to do your party that way. Like, Hey, let's all of you make a a special bear for the birthday girl. I imagine some kids might struggle with that. So if it wasn't part of a package, that means the parents were paying for these things themselves. Well, I think that it was a little murky on the finances in this story, but I think that the, the birthday girl's mom paid for most of it. And then the parents all kind of chipped in some like voluntary amount it sounds like so it wasn't yeah Hmm. wasn't clear who contributed exactly what 
But I think that if she was going to do it that way, she should have let everybody know in advance. So they didn't get that emotional attachment to their bears. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's funny when, when you say it like that, it sounds better, right? Like the, the whole idea that, well, don't buy a present. You're going to make one. It's cute. If you do it that way, when you say it that way, and I definitely take your point uh, that maybe this uh, just, she didn't really know the mom didn't really know what she was doing. It just kind of messed the whole thing up. So that's possible. But I also assume that the mom is an evil, wretched (laughs) piece of dreck. It just, it, this, this whole thing drives me crazy. Um, And and I I will acknowledge that a lot of the details of this seem fuzzy. So I'm just going to keep going under my initial assumption that the mom is horrible. And this goes back to kind of like what I was talking about in, in that earlier scenario. Like this little birthday girl will eventually be that adult that expects to have everyone around her, like just give up everything, stop and celebrate my birthday and give me my build a bear because her mom convinced her that she was more special than anyone else. And that's crazy. There's a great way to make sure that nobody ever likes your child. And this is one of those things that's tough when your kids make friends at school. Sometimes you have to interact with their terrible parents, right? And I think I would probably instruct my child to keep the bear. I'd be like, no way. You're keeping your bear. I'd collect our stuff and then we go, right? (laughs) Especially if my kid is crying because you're an evil, terrible mother. But before leaving, I would pull that mom aside and I would tell her what I thought about her parenting and I wouldn't be very polite about it at all, nor would I uh, employ any amount of tact. And I mean, you're not worried about, you're not really worried about, oh, well, well, we won't get invited to that party next year. We don't want to be invited to that party next year. Exactly. Because I (laughs) I would do my best to prevent my kid from being around that other kid just in case that she might be around that kid's parents. I don't want any of this bad behavior rubbing off on my kids. (laughs) <laughs> evil All horrible right. woman who does that on that note <laughs> every episode we end the episode with food and beverage pairings so we pick out like a kid food and uh pair it with some booze usually uh not necessarily but usually because you know it's more fun that way um <laughs> In this episode, we're pairing drinks with vanilla slash yellow cake with buttercream frosting, a birthday classic. So I'm that parent who drinks at my kids' birthday events. I think that's that's most parents. I just I just wanted to I'm sure there's like one or two people say, well, that's wrong, but I I do it. Well, as long as you're not driving, I think that's fine. Well, that's why you have the party at your house. So you have to drive. Um, Fair. So I, I did. I did a wine, a beer, and a booze. Oh wow! Okay. Mm-hmm. So, Overachiever this week. I, you know what? I'm just. I'm passionate that about. Because I just went so hard with the costumes last episode. You were like, I have to, <laughs> have to redeem myself. I'll still keep this brief though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So with the wines, I would either do like a rosé or a riesling, something sort of tangy. Sweet, little acidic to, to really give that buttercream a more dynamic flavor. Okay. Okay. For a beer, uh, I would suggest something very light, like a like a Belgian style white ale. Oh. Something that doesn't wash away that buttercream flavor. I right? know. I just I I feel like a beer with cake is just weird. I think it would work. I think it's you know it's like I don't know if you ever put like seltzer in your pancake mix, makes something a little, like a little lighter fluffy. and fluffier. Mm-hmm. So I mean I figure. 
How can that, how can that be bad? Um, and then for my booze, I went a mixed rum drink. Um, cause you can do that with soda or, or something fruity. Either would work. Just, you know, don't overwhelm the drink with whatever the sweet stuff is, because that will then overpower the amazing buttercream and vanilla. So I think you're totally on point with the rum drink because vanilla is actually considered a tropical seasoning. Oh, who, who knew? Uh-huh. Huh. Um, cause vanilla pods, I guess they're from the tropics maybe, um, Madagascar, Tahiti. Those all sound tropical. I'm not, I don't have any idea where they are specifically, but it sounds tropical. You know where Tahiti is? Uh, it could be in Antarctica. I wouldn't, I wouldn't really know. Oh my gosh. I try um, never to look at maps. <laughs> that explains a lot. <laughs> um, but vanilla again, tropical seasoning. So I think you're right. You're right on point with the rum drink. Beer sounds weird. Rosé, sure, why not? Rosé is. I'll drink a rosé with everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it's you know, it's kind of like, I don't know, it's kind of like Sprite, like if sodas, like or a Seven Up. So it's like the easier one, the lighter one to, to handle, right? I, I will almost drink rosé with any food. That's there, crazy. There. <laughs> There aren't a lot of foods that I can think of that I wouldn't be open to that idea. Anyways. Pizza? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because uh, rosé usually know. comes from the same grapes as like red wine. Okay. Um, but anyways, I have two suggestions. They're basically the same. And they're cocktails actually this week. Ooh. So because vanilla is a tropical seasoning, I thought it would pair really well with a tropical fruit. And what is the best tropical fruit juice? Pineapple. Mango. Uh, pineapple, I meant. <laughs> You're right. It's pineapple. <laughs> so, so we're pairing the vanilla cake with buttercream frosting with a pina colada Ooh. Ooh, hoo, hoo. dessert on top of dessert let's get some bob marley going through the speakers the kids won't get it but you will it'll be great get some diabetes up in here baby um and then if you don't want as much diabetes if you want a little bit less a little bit less if you want the skinny version. I mean, there isn't really a skinny version, but uh, if pina colada sounds just like too much, it's too creamy, too heavy to go with cake, pineapple juice and tequila. And this is actually like, that was one of my go-to bar drinks back in the day when I used to go to bars and have drinks. Hmm. Um because pineapple juice is one of the only juices that you can get at a bar that is actually real juice. How do you like that? Yeah, because they, they have to open up a can of pineapple juice and pour it out for you. And that's just, it's the same as it is in the grocery store. It's not from the, the soda gun. Um, so pineapple and tequila, and I, I really like, um, really partial to, they're not a sponsor. And I would love for anybody to be a sponsor but especially if it's this tequila company i would die um casamigos that would be a terrible commercial by the way for for a tequila commercial it's so good i died it's so good i died there's no more podcast yeah (laughs) if we get that sponsorship we're gonna have to work on 
some copy work on it. Here. Okay, we'll work on it. But I don't think they sponsor podcasts. I mean, George Clooney is the guy who made. He's one of the T- Casamigos guys. So I don't think they need. Like, I think they're good. Mm. I think they're good. They don't need us. That's um, what they think. <laughs> but Casamigos Blanco tequila and pineapple juice with your vanilla cake. It's so it's funny because uh, I will say, like, as I'm thinking about it, like. Pineapple juice, like I'm okay with pineapple juice. Like I like it's not my favorite thing, but I like I like it. I can have it. Um, and I feel the same way about tequila, not my favorite thing, but I can have it. I'm trying to imagine what that would be like mixed together. And I, I strangely I feel like that really works. Yeah, it's delicious. Hmm. All right. So if you uh um if you're if you're gonna be having a birthday party with 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 a yellow or vanilla cake and a buttercream frosting, that's that's obviously what you do. And also if you own a tequila company and you want to sponsor a podcast, well, then you know what to do. You reach out, uh, no good parents at gmail.com. That's what you do. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, social media. It's all just no good parents. Yeah. Um, on all of those things. And, and we are like literally just about everywhere you can possibly get a podcast. <laughs> And if we're and, and we're still finding new ones, so thanks, thanks for doing that, Brian. Thanks for putting us on all of the streaming services. I'm, 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 I'm really, I'm going to just make the world sick of us if they're not already. And it's only, it's only been a couple episodes, so even more interesting. <laughs> uh, but seriously, if you made it this far, uh, thanks for hanging out with us again this week. We, we, we really appreciate it. And we'll talk to you again next week. That's right. Bye.